0: Love Talk Radio the
1: We keep on rising too To meet the challenge of your day And warm the way for you We give you the feel of sunshine Our own special kind We're national the Sunshine Airline Watch us shine Watch us shine Shine,
0: watch us shine. We're the sunshine airline. Watch us shine every day.
1: Pleasure, national proves in every day.
0: Watch us shine. Making time to do the special little thing. We take a friendly smile and give it wings. We. We're National, the Sunshine Airline. Watch us shine. Watch us shine.
2: beautiful song of National Airline and since we are the airline radio talk show we're going to introduce uh, one of the theme songs each week of a different airline so we will probably get yours and if you're listening we hope you enjoy uh, the music of the airlines let's call it that the music of the airlines we've been hearing Eastern Airlines we love the Eastern songs but all the employees of National and Braniff and Pan American and all the others, TWA, uh, they too enjoy the music of their airline. So we're going to try to play uh, a song at the beginning of each one of our Radio Hour uh, episodes. And the Airline Radio Talk Show and the Eastern Airlines Radio Show are on the air live with uh, another episode of Airline Talk News and History. That's what we do here. We call it the Airline Radio Hour, bringing you stories from here and there. My name is Neil Holland. I'm a retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. Been producing it for over 12 years now. That's a long time. If you're listening in on the show's website, we are at blogtalkradio.com. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, and we abbreviate Captain C A P T E D D I E. Captain Eddie, that's BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, and you'll be listening to the show on the internet. And we would like for you to call in and talk with our guests and host and listen too. So that's why we have a call-in number, and that number is area code two one three. 816-1611, that's area code 213, 816-1611, so copy that down if you're listening to us uh, on the internet, uh, and and call us, and, and, uh, and give us your comments and your memories of the airline you flew with. The producer, I'll see you on the on the uh, your number on the caller's board, and I don't uh, give your number just the area code and ask if you'd like to join the host and share those memories with us uh, by just talking away. You know we' are a satellite based radio station, and we're heard around the world as a matter of fact, we have listeners in over fifty countries now uh, our broadcasting antenna is over twenty two thousand miles above the earth. And uh, once again, let me repeat that number, area code 213-816-1611. You know, as we normally do during our broadcasts when we have dead air time, I call it dead air time. It's like a newspaper running out of ink. Uh, In this case, we don't have anything to say. I'll slip on a record, and, and here's one that we can turn to during the new year when things are not going our way. And I like this song. It's by Bobby McFerrin, and you probably know now just exactly what I'm going to play. Well, I think you've heard that song, and you know what it's all about, Don't Worry, Be Happy. In 2023, uh, there may be some things that come along that don't go quite your way, and that's a good song to remember. Don't Worry, Be Happy. You know, today our show is uh, an open mic show. And I've got some folks on the line right now that have called in. So we're going to get right to the numbers and find out who's on the air with us now and tell us where you are and how the weather is where you are and and uh, add your comments. So I'm going to start up here with, I believe, area code 516 is um, our, let's see, 512. That might, let's see, 516, is that uh, Canada?
3: No, Neil, it's George in Long Island. Hey,
2: George, good to hear from you. Long Island, golly peace. Yeah, we we missed you part of last year and hope you'll be on the uh, show with us when we start talking about just about anything we want to talk about, uh, especially when we don't have something scheduled like we do next week. And uh, we'll tell you more about that uh, in the show. George, how are things up in Long Island? Have you been fishing?
3: Uh, no it's been uh, actually the, the season's pretty well closed now and uh, it's also been pretty chilly up here although it's been warmer than normal but uh, for about a week it was really freezing so uh, it didn't lend itself to fishing weather and uh, just so you know Neil I have to I can't stay on for the full show today uh, but I'll try to stay on as long as I can.
2: Okay and George Jan is our I guess we could call it on the radio show our poet laureate. Is that is that a proper title for an author? Or you have to write poems to be a poet laureate?
3: Well, I don't know if it quite fit that description. You know. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, George has written some great books, and uh, 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 we'll talk about that too. If you if uh, if you'd like to mention if you're doing any other projects George right now? Are you you have you written any more?
3: Well, I'm working on a uh, another novel right now, Neil. Wonderful. Great. Well,
2: hopefully we can hear about it when you get further along and get ready to publish. Okay, let's go out to Dripping Springs, Texas. Captain Jim Harris, I believe. Jim, how you doing? Hey,
4: Hey, Captain Jim Harris, I'm doing fine. It's another wonderful day in the hood. Uh, I've got a, oh, a thin overcast. It's 69 and 70 degrees now. No wind. It's another beautiful day in Dripping Springs, Texas. It's a great where place to live. Exactly,
2: where exactly is Dripping, Dripping Springs?
4: Dripping Springs, Texas, about 15 miles due west on Highway 290 out of Austin, Texas.
2: Okay. Well, you're a suburb of Austin, then, just about. Uh,
4: yes, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> <It's>, uh,
4: <laughs> whenever I moved here, the first time we came in here was on a Saturday night. And uh, I was living in Georgia at that time. We was going to move over here to Dripping. And I had trouble finding a hotel room the first night. And then the next day was on the way out to Dripping Springs. it's it's called the, the Split at Oak Hill. Highway seventy-one goes north, and then two ninety continues due west. And I told my wife Jennifer, I said, "Uh oh, it says thirteen miles. I see two big things wrong already. The roads are <laughs> too good, and we are too close to Austin."
2: So, so
4: yeah, that that's pretty well proved to be the case.
2: Well, I try to stay uh, out vis- of Austin.
5: It's pretty big.
2: I visited your uh, your lovely property on the. Uh, internet Google internet Earth, uh, Google Earth, yeah. I guess they call it, and uh, you've got a beautiful spread there, Jim, and looks like you ran out of tarmac, and there's your property,
4: <laughs> that's right, yeah, I've got twenty two acres on a hill on a dead end road, okay, dead <laughs> so yeah, the good that's news right. is my my nearest neighbor's about all oh, about three hundred yards so about oh, a football field length away,
2: okay, very that's good,
4: a, that's a good way to keep it.
2: Okay, and now let's go over to area code three two one. Who might that be?
6: Hi, this is Ray.
2: Ray, now is that Ray now?
6: It sure is, Neil. How's my old neighbor?
2: Oh, I tell you, you you'll be happy to hear this. I don't know if you're happy to hear it, but your house is still standing where where it used to be uh what 70 80 years ago 70 years ago almost i guess and yeah. and i i drove by it here about a week and a half ago
6: oh my goodness oh my goodness yeah yeah, uh, yeah. you know it's been 70 years since we uh, first uh saw each other
2: <laughs> i know it That's a long time Ray Now sure was uh, the executive uh, in uh, with Eastern Airlines in and, uh, and, and sales and services, and I think he was the first one that represented Eastern Airlines at the opening of Walt Disney World, weren't you, Ray?
6: Yes, indeed. Those were memorable days, 51 years ago. Oh, boy. And a lot of good stories. Yep, but, you know, yep. there was one story that, that when I first started with Eastern, uh, I was a mailboy and had to ah, deliver ah, mail around the
2: uh, Miami base
6: along did you with have
2: a number of other... Did you have a bicycle, Ray?
6: Uh, some places we did. Some places we had uh, scooters. And some places oh. we walked. <laughs> okay. Depends on you know what uh, buildings you had to cover. Yeah. But it was interesting. Um, this is when the Electras were coming into East End Airlines. And uh, the boys, you know, we said, boy, we sure would like to get a ride on on, on that aircraft, just to see what it's all about. We were all wet behind the ears, young, and just starting, you know, with Eastern. And uh, so we we each uh, had a chance to visit with the respective VPs of all the different offices to see if they could maybe give us an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Well, they did. And uh, the captain and uh, trainers, they gave us a ride that we will never forget. Believe me, never forget. They, <laughs> they did well. We were glad that we would never ask for another trip. <laughs> 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 they really gave us uh, an exercise of uh, flying and training. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness we were in the back and uh, had a chance to have our seatbelt on.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was but those were memorable days. Yeah, gorgeous airplane, too. And, and it served Eastern well, especially on the shuttle. And uh, things right. that I remember about the Electra is that wrap-around lounge seating in the very, very end in the tail section. Mm-hmm. You remember that, Ray? Yes, yeah. And I
6: do. Yes, I do, definitely, on it.
3: But it's
2: it's been interesting to
6: uh, see all the different changes that have occurred and be able to uh, recollect. Some of the memories. Uh, I can't tell you every memory of it, but most of the memories. Yeah. And uh, our family were two, three generations with Eastern, so wow. yeah, we're an old Eastern family. So it's uh, been very interesting, okay. and we appreciate yeah. the opportunity to listen in and hear some more stories and hear some Great. more uh, good news.
2: All right. Okay. Well. Our show today is about whatever you want to talk about, and you're doing exactly that, Ray, and and uh, Jim Harris, and uh, George Jen. And uh, I'm going to start off by talking about the beautiful Eastern Airlines Flight 401 Memorial uh, and um, that I attended. The dedication about uh, 10 days ago, I guess it's been now, and uh, they had a beautiful uh uh, dedication service there about an hour long but golly Pete, there must have been at least 300 people there i don't know how to estimate crowds but uh, it looked like a lot of people and i think with every person there came a camera and especially the news media they showed up and uh they showed up with we, we had cnn fox we had MSNBC abc cbs you name all the alphabets and we had the local television stations and all of their cameras were banked alongside the uh, set up a tent set up without sides and, and underneath that, uh, of course down in Miami Springs, you never know when it might rain and they did a wonderful job of preparing for that uh, cer- that uh, ceremony and um, all the politicians were there. the mayor of Miami, Holly Miami Springs, you name it, they were all there and of course wanting to talk. And uh, the government uh, was there, a government representative, and uh, uh, it, it, it turned out to be a, a wonderful service, uh, a tribute to those people that lost their lives, the passengers and the crew members, all, uh, all of their names on a beautiful plaque that is on a beautiful piece of stone. Uh, and it's set right in a wonderful location at Miami Springs. If you've ever been to Miami Springs Golf and Country, Country Club, there, it's 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 right there uh, across from uh, the Country Club, actually, and it's uh, in a kind of a V area of the park, uh, and uh, it's easy to get to and easy to see that memorial, uh, and and. Uh, they did a wonderful job. Of uh, Miami Springs did of uh, getting it ready, and uh, dedicating that beautiful uh, work uh, that uh, is in memory of uh, the folks that died. 101 folks died in that crash, and several of them were at the service. Uh, several, several of them. I think there were about seven that uh, survived, including uh, the flight attendants Barbara Raposa. and. Uh, Marie Ruiz Ruiz I think I'm pronouncing it right and uh, uh also a passenger uh, Ron uh Ron was uh, a passenger with his bride that had just visited New York and and uh, was coming back to Miami when the airplane crashed and he lost his wife and and uh, the family members of those that uh, passed away passengers of family members. And uh, so there was a good representation of folks uh, that uh, were involved in in putting the thing together and also uh, that were on that flight. And since then, I've talked to people in my own neighborhood right here, uh, especially uh, uh, my cross-the-street neighbor who was a firefighter at the Miami International Airport, and he was one of the first people that was there and also a policeman in my neighborhood right here in St. Augustine, Florida. They were the first responders uh, besides the crew, that, uh, the crew members that survived the flight. And uh, uh, they told uh, me uh, here this past week about what they remembered about that flight. Uh, of the uh, crash and and uh, how difficult it was, yeah, and they still remember what they saw that night. So it was a it was a, a, a great tribute. To Barbara, I mean Beverly Revosa did a wonderful job, and over the years in putting this thing together, and they finally uh, were, were able to finish the project. and And um, and while I was there, Raymond, uh, I visited my old house and your old house. Uh, <laughs> we were across the street neighbors and as you remember and uh, I showed
6: yes, yes, indeed. I
2: showed Peggy my wife went down with me and and uh, I told her I said uh, let's go see the first house we bought uh, when we were married and sure enough we went to Miami Springs it was only a half a mile from where the uh, the 401 memorial is on about a half a mile on hmm. Miami on Manola Drive right the drive that goes right by Traveler's Motel. You just go down there. About two blocks in yeah. there is my house. And uh first one we bought, $19,000, 1958. And um, we were sitting there looking at it. Uh, and uh, it was kind of, I kind of remembered it, but of course it uh, wasn't well taken care of <laughs> uh, up to up to date. And when the phone rang in the car, and it was my daughter. And she said, Dad, you and mom make it Miami all right? And I said, yeah, yeah, we're here day before the uh, ceremony. And I said, I bet you can't guess where we are. And she says, well, you might be at a hotel. She, where are you? I said, well, we're right in front of the house you were conceived in. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not born but conceived so at any rate uh we had we had a good visit down there and everything turned out real good so uh that was my story at the end of the year it was a good uh memory uh, both that flight and um uh, and uh, 401 and and uh, it was good stories that were told by some of the survivors and their families. So anything you guys want to add? You got a a favorite thing that you remember last year? You want to tell an Eastern story or an airline story, wherever. Dead air time. That's what we call (laughs) dead air time. (laughs)
6: Neil, you know, as you know, you mentioned about Disney and, Back then, um, there was a birthday party at Disney, which Eastern was involved in, for Lowell Thomas, Jr., who was a well-known radio newscaster. Yeah. And they were celebrating his 80th birthday at Disney World. And they invited all the old-timers, and, uh, in- including Captain Rickenbacker, uh, General Doolittle, Gene Autry, Oh, I can't remember. Wow. There was about 60 of the, of the historical figures of history. Wow. And to see this walking history and, you know, just to be amongst them, that was very memorable and something that I'll long remember. Uh, and having a chance to see uh, Captain Rickenbacker at that, uh, sort of out of place, not at an airport or at a, uh, the Eastern facility. So that was very memorable. Uh, That time.
2: Yeah, I can imagine Lowell Thomas. He was the dean of uh, of news reporting, I believe. He was right, right right up there. He did. He did a lot of. He did a
4: lot of travel logs. Yeah, various places.
2: Okay.
6: It was it was real live history. (laughs) Yeah. Right in front of us. That was, you know, that was what really caught my attention, that they all represented some part of history of our country and uh, of our world.
2: Well, you know, Ray, uh, being a flight crew member, flight attendants or pilots, we all uh, met uh, celebrities, both in Mm -hmm. politics and entertainment and sports, uh, on our flights. Oh, absolutely. uh, And we, we... enjoy talking about some of the ones that we did meet. I'm sure George and you uh Jim Harris uh I'm sure you had several personalities on your airplanes uh during the years that you were with Eastern.
4: I can think of two right away. Uh, we took uh, we had Cassius Clay. Uh-huh. Um, wow. From uh let's see um from I think Philly to New York I believe. He's a big guy. He must have been about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I knew he was, going to, he was going to be on the airplane, so I was waiting on him to get on. He's wearing some brogans and had a Army fatigue coat on. And a great big guy, he got on the airplane. He says, you take care of the flight, and I'll take care of the fight. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I got him there. He got whooped. That was when uh, I guess his foreman beat him up pretty darn good. <laughs> But I remember uh, that, and also, also we had uh, had Mister Have Gun Will Travel on once. Um, oh
2: yeah, Jack. Uh, Pout, uh, what was his name? Jack. Oh
4: golly,
2: uh, I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking think of about. Him just then. a
4: moment. Yep, but but he he was sitting in first class, and had on a, just a knit shirt of some sort, and had had some glasses hanging around his neck. There, and I said, he's the most harmless looking guy. You ever saw like that <laughs> but on the on the shows uh, he where he was very menacing
0: yeah. it
4: was a good show I enjoyed it a lot yeah Wow also also the first time I ever really heard of Eastern Airlines it must have been about I'd speculate probably around 1958 or 59 and uh, I heard it on the radio and it was very simple it said he said, Eastern Airlines, now ready for departure. It said that two times, and that's all I remember about the rest of it. That's the first time I'd have heard of Eastern Airlines.
2: Well, did did uh, did that uh, make you want to come to work for Eastern or later on? you?
4: Well, what really, what really made me probably, I was always interested in flying. I used to build a lot of model airplanes, paper airplanes, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I was always interested in flying. But my my aunt and uncle lived on a little farm about four miles from the Milton Tennessee intersection, and when you go from Atlanta to uh, to Nashville, you come over the, usually come over that intersection there, and I remember my cousin and I laying on our back in the front yard watching these airplanes come over. And it was DC threes, and I thought that looks like the most fun job in the world, mm-hmm. and sure enough, I did it. <laughs> so it says thank you Lord.
0: <laughs> uh, well, and
4: another thing that I remember I carried newspapers paid one way through uh high school and college, told newspapers, and there was a guy that lived on my paper right his last name was curse, and uh i never I don't think I ever did talk to him but I knew that he was an airline pilot, and of course, I think he was American Airlines out and he's flying out of Nashville, I think, but yep. It was fun, fun, fun.
2: Yeah. Well, one other story out of that uh, trip down to Miami. First of all, I don't want to go to Miami again ever. Uh, (laughs) uh, Why
3: not, Neil? (laughs) I'll take New York,
2: George. I'll take New York in a minute uh, rather than go to Miami but uh while i was there when i when i first got there i got to the uh, dedication service a little bit early about a half hour early i guess than uh, when the show was, i mean the uh, dedication was supposed to start and i saw this guy when i walked in underneath the tent there i saw this guy standing there and he had a cane in his hand and he was chatting right in the middle of the aisle so i had to get by him uh to go back to get uh, the little thing that uh, Told you where you were going to sit, and um, and I heard him say something about Delta, and and he was a pilot with Delta. So I stopped and I said, "Oh, you were you you flew for Delta Airlines?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "I was the number one uh, pilot with Delta Airlines. I made it to the very top of the list when I retired." And he looked kind of old, and I, I didn't doubt what he was telling me, and and I looked at him, and and he. I, I thought I recognized a person there that I had uh, seen before. So I said, um, I told him uh, my name and, and I said, what's your name? And he, he said, Charlie Bible, Charlie Bible. And I said, boy, that name rings a bell. I said, Charlie Bible. I said, wasn't your father a uh, captain with National Airlines? And His name was Charlie Bible also, Charles Sr. or whatever. And he said, yep, that was my dad. I said, well, Charlie, I taught you for your commercial certificate and your instrument rating. (laughs) And he says, well, I don't think so. I said, well, I think so. If your father was Charlie Bible Sr. And we got to talking about uh, when he took a check ride and so forth and i said charlie i said i remember you i remember teaching you and uh he said well i don't remember you well i didn't know at the time when we sat together during the dedication service he told me he was partially blind and he couldn't focus in exactly on 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 people he had he had sh- uh, kind of a unfocused view of you he, he had a walking cane and that cane had red on it so that was a blind walking you know a uh, piece of equipment there for folks that couldn't see and I said well the only way I can prove it is to go in my logbook look up your name and tell you when you started and when you got your rating because I always starred those students of mine that pass their check rides. and so sure enough I came home and and I looked him up in my flight records as an instructor and sure enough there he was. Taught him for his commercial uh certificate and his instrument rating. So isn't it a small world? <laughs> Anybody there? That is
6: That is.
2: Yeah. That is. Yeah.
4: It's amazing no matter where you go, you're gonna you're gonna run into somebody that you know. Yep. Yep, you sure are. It, it never fails.
2: And uh, he, after Delta, after retiring from Delta, he worked for a couple of other uh, commercial operations, uh, flying commercial aircraft. And uh, But he did say that he retired as number one on Delta's seniority list when he retired. And uh, he looked at me and he said, how old are you? And uh, not seeing me, I guess. And I said, well, I'm i'm uh, i'll be about eighty seven years old here in a few months, and he said well i'm eighty two so uh he looked he looked eighty two <laughs> and uh, i look 80, 80, almost eighty seven too but uh, Jim Harris, i think you and I are the same age
4: yeah we are we're both born in april
2: that's right that's right nineteen
4: thirty six yeah oh six thirty six
2: yeah yeah well, I heard George Jen before he leaves me. I want to find out how things are up in New York. Uh, you kind of chuckle about Miami. And uh, uh, has New York improved in its traffic? Or is it, I guess people still ride the subways back and forth for the most part, don't they, George?
3: Uh, I guess so, Neil. I, I'm not a, uh, a New York City person. I usually uh, don't get in there at all. And, That's um, right. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but where I live is everything's pretty much changed, uh, stayed the same. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Uh, I I have to uh, I have to get off the line now. But, Bill, you know, if you get a chance uh, when you're done with the show, perhaps you could give me a call. All right.
2: Okay. Very good. Don't forget right, now the 14th you. we're going to do that show on.
3: Uh, Flight yeah, yeah. So that's, e. that's what I want to speak
2: with you about. Okay. Okay. Very good. I will. I'll All give right. you. I'll give you a call. All
3: right. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye
2: bye. Okay, I'm going to open up the microphone of another caller. Who just called in, and area code six one five. Area code six one five. Huh?
5: This is Harry. This is Harry.
2: Hey, Harry. How you doing?
5: I'm doing great. It's good to hear you guys.
2: Good to hear you. Uh, you're, you, you're
5: you don't you you don't come across as eighty-seven, Neil. You come across as about sixty-seven.
2: All right, I'll take that number. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you, you know, and yeah, that's that's Jim Harris too. He he sounds like about actually Jim sounds about sixty.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah, With that Tennessee drawl of his. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I want look, to tell you, Harry. Look. Harry, I met this guy while I was at that dedication, and he came over to me, and uh, he heard uh, Charlie Bible and myself talking back there in our in our seats, and he says, uh, he said I was a crew scheduler up at uh, uh, Kennedy, and I, golly, I wish I could. No, he was his crew scheduler in Chicago. Excuse me, Chicago. Hmm.
5: Yeah. And
2: yeah. Uh, and and uh, I wish I could remember his name. Little old guy. And uh, he was kind of fun to talk with too, sitting there. And uh, I said, "Well, I really think highly of the crew schedulers because they sure did help me out over the years." <laughs> Harry, well, that Harry was, uh,
5: quite a moving, uh, quite a moving ceremony from uh, Miami Springs. There.
2: Did you did you see the uh, streaming of it? I did. I did. How, how did you view it, Harry?
5: I just had it, uh, I think, on my my tablet, and uh, through Facebook, it was it was uh, uh, very easy to get to, and uh, did worked very well.
2: Okay, I, I do remember
5: the uh, the past the survivor speaking about you know you mentioned him earlier about his new wife perished in that crash. I do remember yeah. him speaking, and some of the others. It was quite moving.
2: Yeah, it was. It really was, and you know, one of the most uh, I think moving to me was they introduced uh, the baby that was found yeah. in the cr- in the crash, yeah. and she was there. Yeah, and now here she yeah. is. He, here she is in her fifties. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that was that was very very moving, and um, yeah. so it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Quite a service, and uh, I hope they get a lot of visitors over time. And uh, I think every year they will have a, a, a remembrance of that flight uh, on the, the site there. I think's what they plan to do. And um, well, of
5: course, it was a real tragedy, and and you and and the other pilots know better than me that even though that was a tragedy, there were a lot of Uh, big changes in aircraft operation that came out of that that,
0: uh,
5: you know, maybe possibly saved a lot of other lives. Yeah.
2: uh,
5: It was a tragedy,
2: but, you know, there was some good came of it. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, my classmate, uh, Dan, uh, I can't think of his last name now, He, he was hired with Eastern as Dan Gonzalez, but Gellert, G-E-L-L-E-R-T. You know, Dan uh, was the first officer after the crash uh, on the 1011. He, uh, I guess, was getting close to checking out his captain, and and he flew the airplane. I think he flew the 1011 out of as first officer out of Miami or New York, one of the two. And Dan brought to the attention of um, the FAA and Eastern and Eastern first. The way I understand it, and we've communicated uh, several times about that, and Dan discovered about the pressure on the yoke tripping the autopilot off into what they call the control wheel steering, CWS. And uh, now the steering of the airplane is done manually, and usually like the 727, the manual, uh, autopilot operations is a little knob on the center panel down below, a little knob. We turn the airplane, pitch the airplane, roll the airplane, and so forth. Well, in this case, at 1011 11 when you knock the autopilot off or it's knocked off, it goes into a what they call a CWS unless you knock the autopilot completely off. And with that CWS, if you push any pressure, about 5 pounds or 8 pounds, or, I forgot what exact pressure was it would actually do what your command was and when loft leaned over uh they theorized that he hit that control wheel i mean uh they the column and it knocked the autopilot off but the pressure put it down into about a 200 feet a minute descent and uh, of course everybody was concentrated concentrating on on uh, fixing the problem and not realizing the airplane was in a descent, and uh, Dan, I think it was—I'm uh, uh, not sure—I'll have to ask him whether he was fired over that or not. But he rejoined Eastern, and uh, but he he brought that to the attention of the FAA, and they had a hearing, and he was at the hearings, uh, justifying about what he knew about it, a particular problem. Of course there was no alert that the autopilot was kicked off and that's one of the things that did put the on oh, they, they they had a little alert I forgot whether it was a bell or a buzz a buzzer that uh, indicated that the autopilot was tripped off but there was none mm-hmm. when that airplane crashed
5: mm. uh, one more thing I mentioned I'll, I'll let somebody else talk but when you guys were talking about the Electra my, my introduction to Eastern aircraft sure. when I started in, in 1967 in Huntsville as a, a ground personnel, I remember we used to, uh, you guys would come in there and sometimes when you were late, you'd leave two of the engines running and we'd work yeah. the aircraft. We'd drive right up to that thing in our tug right in front of yep. the propeller and load <laughs> and unload. And today, I don't think you've got a big enough bank account to get me to do that again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, those were big props. They were pretty big props, Very Hamilton big. standards, yeah. yeah. Big old fan blades. And I was telling somebody, <laughs> he asked me, he said, "What well, not flying boring? I said, no, you can make it fun. And he said, how's that? I said, well, we, we had all sorts of games we like to play, and uh, what better piece of equipment to play under there's an airplane he said well how you play games with an airplane I said well you can go down there and mark the tires and and place a bet on uh, who's got the uh, closest mark to the tarmac when you park at the gate get out and look and I said or either if you're flying a prop airplane you could mark the blade and and which blade was closest to the surface? You were the winner. There are all sorts of ways you could create fun on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we did, the, and we did, and we did. Those were the days. Even add a little, little, a few pictures of our own, right, Jim Harris? That's correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: hey,
4: the one thing about the propellers on the Electra.
0: Uh
2: That was
4: a big propeller. That thing was 13 feet in diameter, and the blades were 18 inches wide. Yeah. That's a lot of blade.
2: That's a lot of blade. You're right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And we were told that if you had to shut one down, if it didn't feather, uh, the torque would be so much it would break the vertical stabilizer off. Yeah. (laughs) Try to keep it straight. Yeah. And it probably would. Yeah, I didn't find you know,
2: out. Uh, they had some news last. Uh, well, the first part of this year, January seventh, I think, was the rollout of the last Boeing 747 off the assembly line. And what a magnificent that? airplane! That was January seventh. No, I'm not January seventh. That's when the article came out. It was December nineteenth. I'm looking at it here. December nineteenth was when the last seven forty-seven rolled out, and um, wow. and you know I often think about in my mind what was the prettiest airplane in the sky, both prop and jet. And my my like I like the uh, Constellation for a prop airplane.
4: That, that's probably the 7th. most beautiful. Yeah, and yep. the
2: 747 as a jet airplane, Got beautiful lines. It was just a gorgeous airplane, and um, it, it did a great job for the airlines over the years. Golly, when did when did they roll it off the assembly line originally? Back in the back in the uh, Early seventies, I guess. Uh,
5: either late sixties or early seventies, I remember flying those a couple of times from uh, Dallas or Houston to Honolulu on Braniff, and that would have been about nineteen seventy.
2: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I had uh, the
4: seven twenty. The seven twenty-seven was nineteen sixty-two.
2: Yeah, and that. To me, also is a beautiful airplane in the air, especially the 727. I think
4: 727. it is. I think it is. I'm, I'm partial to it, but yeah, that's
2: what yeah. I think. I had the uh, the engineer that uh, was on the design team of the 727 on my jump seat. We were going from Atlanta to Seattle, and uh, he was on the jump seat and and uh, he told us about what role he played in the design and development of the 727. And um of course uh, that was one of the noisiest cockpits I think of any airplane. And I asked him, I said, uh, you know, what what makes all this noise that we listen to when we fly this airplane? We're we're becoming deaf people, you know, by having to sit here in an <laughs> environment with noise like this and he said, Well he and he pointed to it, he said, Right there at the edge. You see that edge in the main and your main, in your, your main uh, glare shield uh, windshield? As it goes around and meets the side windshield, and I said, yep. he said that's the reason and I said, "Is there any is there any way that they can design and remove that?" He said, "Well, the new seven five seven which wasn't off the line at the time I had him on the jump seat, has rounded the windshields they're rounded, and there's no there's no uh crease there, you know a uh, uh, sharp edge." And he said, it'll be a lot quieter. And boy, was it quieter. So I guess he knew what he was talking about. But that was a noisy airplane. I'm surprised, Jim Harris, you flew it the entire time you were at the airlines. I'm surprised you were able to hear without hearing aids. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, yeah. hey, is, let me just say that my hearing's probably not as good as I wish it was.
2: Yeah.
4: But yep, it, it was a noisy airplane. But that's about almost the only airplane I ever flew, so I didn't know the difference.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking knew, of, all I knew was, go ahead. all I
4: knew was it it flew like a baby. It flew so good.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: What a fun uh, airplane to fly! Only three engine airplane that Boeing ever made.
2: Yeah, I still remember you, Raymond, when I taxied up yeah. to the gate and there in Melbourne, and you are outside. Right. Of- I think you had looked up who the crew was on the airplane, and you came out, and, and there you were. That's, that was, I think, the last time I saw you, standing out there on that ramp. It's been a long
6: time, Neil. It's been a, been long, a long time.
2: time it sure believe. has. Yeah.
6: yeah. Uh, and I think you mentioned Dan Gellert. Uh He lived yeah, here Gellert, in yeah. Beach, and I yeah. met Dan a number of years ago. And I've lost contact uh, over the years, but uh you know it's uh always uh interesting to run into ex eastern uh people along the way and you know i i really enjoyed your programming, and uh hopefully we can continue it
2: and also to oh, i hope you're add with more grant yeah please. I'll write you into the script. I'll do a screw We'll do a script on on marketing and sales. How does that sound?
6: <laughs> oh, that would be. I'll have to get a hold of a couple of people and have them tune in and be able to give a few stories. There you That's go. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. How I, How many years did you have with Eastern when you retired?
6: I had 28 years.
2: 28 years. Okay.
6: Right. And then, All right. Uh, my father-in-law,
2: he worked with Eastern
6: in uh, uh, stores, and, uh, and my wife was uh, Eastern flight attendant. When we got married, we she had to quit Eastern because you were not allowed at that time to be married. That's right. And then yeah. she was also yeah. a recruiter at, uh, later on. And then uh, our son worked the last few months out the airport before it closed uh-huh uh, helping out there with uh, boardings and so forth so you know we've had a, a lot of stories and a lot of memories to say
2: the yeah. least. yeah uh right is your wife a member of the silver liners
6: she has uh you know signed up and Good. uh as such Great. and such and Great. It's, it's interesting uh of course
2: it's Brenda, uh, isn't it? Her name is Brenda. Brenda, right, right. Hey, okay. what
6: what before a I forget, I, I want you to say a big hello and a big hug to Peggy, please, if you would. I will,
2: I will. Yes, yeah, she's sitting, been a long sitting, time. sitting right here. Yeah, yeah. Oh good, oh good. Well,
6: and I'm glad to hear that you went by the old neighborhood.
2: <laughs> we did. We visited uh, places. Matter of fact, I used to work on the beach. And where Peggy, uh, I we, I met her in college, and I had to get my mother, who owns several beauty shops, as you know, Raymond, uh, oh. around the beach area. And I had to get my mother to hire Peggy so she could come down and uh, work there in Miami and, and me uh, work on getting married, <laughs> marrying her. <laughs> and it turned out perfectly. Yeah, it turned out really good.
6: That was good. Ace Beauty
2: Salon, was it not? Ace Beauty Shop. That's right, beauty salon. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We uh-huh. went to a couple of them the locations that she owned, and and uh, I went to the Old Saxony Hotel where I used to be a beach boy during high school. Get out of school <laughs> and catch the bus across to the beach and and uh, clean up uh, the uh, the pool area. I was a pool boy. Right. And uh, right. and then I, then I worked at the Olympic Olympia Theater. You remember the Olympia Theater there?
6: Yeah, I sure yeah, do.
2: Worked there as an and usher. That, I was,
6: before I got on with Eastern, I was in uh, school. High school. I worked over at McCurdy's grocery store, which uh-huh. is on 36th Street and 27th Avenue. And I then went right by it. Miami, uh, yeah. Miami Daily News corner on uh, 27th Avenue and 36th Street trying to catch all the racetrack people coming back, going to the beach, because there was no cause, you know, not the the major uh, thoroughfare that's there now that's been there for many years. So it was interesting times. uh, It was. uh, Those years uh, with Miami. uh, But uh, today it's a different world, to say the least. It sure is, yep. uh, Well, uh, I... I appreciate it, uh, Neil. And uh, make sure you say hi uh,
2: to Peggy. I will, and stay healthy and uh, and come back and visit with us and uh, to take part in this show. Uh, we need we need more uh, more hosts here. Uh yeah. I do. You know, I do two shows. I, I guess you know, I do one on Thursday also, and and right. that is basically for the community I live in, the Saint Augustine mm-hmm. area and it's sure. turning out to be a pretty good show. Margaret Bars and I worked that show together. So oh, but cool. uh cool. any Peace anybody you like to say anything else before we sign off?
4: It's always a good show.
2: Yep. Turns out to and, be pretty good. I, I liked it. I was going to play more music, but I enjoyed just talking and listening. I
6: I hate you to do know, all the you talking. And, uh, continued success.
2: Continued you too, success. Raymond. Take care. Bye bye. Well I'm gonna let old Hop Harrigan oh, check us out of here. And uh that's a good friend of yours, uh uh Jim Harris. It Hop is. Harrigan. He's
4: Oh yeah, you. I used to listen to that on the radio and everybody's just a goober.
2: <laughs> was, you were just it was, a goober. A good show.
0: <laughs>
2: well <laughs> it was here's a goober. <laughs> Here's Hop Harrigan. Feeling well, said,
3: all clear.
0: Okay, this is Hop Harrigan, coming in. Coming
1: in on a wing and a prayer. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Though there's one motor gone, we can still carry on. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. What a show, what a fight Yes, we really hit our target for tonight How we sing as we limp through the air Look below, there's our field over there With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord We're coming in on a wing and a prayer through the air. Look below, there's a field over there. With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord, we're coming in on a wing and a prayer. Don't leave me, I cry Don't take that airplane right But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind Silver wings Shining in the sun Somewhere in flight They're taking you away Leaving me lonely Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight